please welcome with me Jonah Engel. Hello, hello. How's it going? Is this thing on? Man, 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 man. What a moment to be in the presence of the Lord together. For real. This is, um, this is a moment, I, I think there's such significance in moments. This is a, a moment in time, a moment in history where we'll never again get this moment. Where we're gathered in the same room with the same people at the same time on the same day with the same weather. Like, this is a moment. And my life has been made up of just a bunch of different moments um, where God has met me in real and tangible ways and has redirected my life and redirected my my sights redirected my eyes and, and changed, um, changed my heart, changed my mind. And, and so I, I'm believing that this is a moment. This is a moment where God could do something so significant in every single one of our lives. Um, and I'm believing that we're going to leave this room together changed. Changed for his kingdom, changed for his love, changed by and for him and his presence. And so um, like Bernie was saying, my name is Jonah um, and it's such an honor to be here with you guys, for real. Such an honor. Like, I um, have had the pleasure of, I was just reflecting <laughs> um, all day today. I just got to reflect on the journey that the Lord has had me on. And just all the many moments, like I was just sharing, the many moments that have come together to lead to this moment is just, it's insane. It's ridiculous. If you would have told me, even just a few years ago, that I would be going, like, my life would be going and telling people about the good news of Jesus. Like, I don't know if I would have, like, fully believed that. Like, because I was just, I just never could have imagined. And, like, I just want to say right now to every single person in this room, every single person watching online, no matter if you're 15 years old or 75 years old or anywhere, like, the greatest adventure you could ever have is an adventure with Jesus. I promise that. The greatest adventure you could ever have is an adventure with Jesus. And I believe that for a lot of us in the room tonight could be the start of a new adventure. Of a new adventure in the kingdom of God. And so I just want to pray for a second. Let's just dive in in prayer. Oh man, because that's like ministering to his heart is one of the most important things we could even do tonight. That's so much more important than me speaking. So let's just pray for a minute. Holy Spirit, God, I, man... Just so humbled to be, be with you and be, be so near to you, God. I'm thankful that you don't hold back your presence. You're not hiding from us, that you're in this room, that it's your promise that where two or three are gathered, you are there as well. Oh, Jesus, God, I just pray that tonight as we specifically speak and talk and share and listen to you about evangelism, God, that you would set our hearts ablaze to know you and to make you known. God, that you would set our hearts ablaze that even when we have sold ourselves so short and we say that, you know, I, I don't know if that's for me. I don't know if I could even make a difference. I'm just, God, I just pray that you show us what you desire to do in and through our lives, every single one of us. God, help us to, to know that there's a, there's a child in a, in a village in Alaska that is waiting on our yes. God, help us know that there is a, a marriage in Atlanta, Georgia that is struggling, that is waiting on our yes. God, help us know that there is a neighbor in Granville, Michigan that is contemplating their worth, their value, their purpose, and they're waiting on our yes. Oh, God, this is, this is so good, Jesus. And we just say that we are here to be vessels for you, that we're here to be vessels for you. 
that you are so worthy. Jesus, that you deserve all the glory, the honor, the praise. There's nothing and no one worth giving our lives for but you. You're it. You are it. In my 22 years, in my 22 years of experience, there's nothing that has satisfied me like you, God. Nothing. No substance, no affirmation, no relationship, no award, no title, nothing. No job, no degree has ever satisfied me like you, God. So I thank you that you are the all-encompassing, satisfying God of this universe that desires to be so near. So God, we just love you. Come and work in this place. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, tonight um, we've been in a cool series. Bernie's been catching me up on this really amazing series for six weeks that we're all going through on the Holy Spirit. On um, the Holy Spirit and the gifts that Holy Spirit gives to the body to equip for the acts of service and um, to be Jesus on this earth. And this week we're focusing on evangelism. And evangelism is something that is so near and dear to my heart. It's a, it's, it's a calling, it's a passion, it's a gift that the Lord has made so clear and has, has given me that purpose of saying, go, like I am, I am using you to go and be a bearer, a carrier of my good news, of my good news. And so I just want to say evangelism, evangelism has many different like thoughts behind it. When, when some people hear evangelism, there's so many different thoughts. So many people, maybe your first thought might be, oh, like someone on a TV program late at night. I never watch cable TV, like ever. But just a few nights ago, we were like scrolling through and I found the religion channels. And I was like, this is wild. This is so funny. I like, I heard about like, I, obviously I heard about like the televangelists and like, and I'm not just, those change thousands and thousands of lives. Like, praise the Lord. But I had never really seen them in person until I was like in the 300s on direct TV for like the first time in like five years on cable TV. I was like, no way. And I was watching like Oral Roberts University Chapel. And it was awesome. It was so cool. But like when we think of evangelism, sometimes we might think that. Sometimes we might think of someone knocking on a door and saying, hey, like, here's a, here's a pamphlet. Here's this. And what I want to say is I want all of us to wipe away any other idea that we have about evangelism. Not because they're wrong, not because they're bad, but tonight we're going to share the purpose of evangelism is love. The purpose of evangelism is love. The purpose of evangelism is love. And anything apart from that is, is not necessarily bad, but it's missing the power. It's missing the power, the mechanism of evangelism that carries power, the power to change life for eternity is the love of Jesus that we get to carry, that we get to carry. And so I just want to share a little bit about my story quickly and kind of how I've got to this moment and speak about some of these moments that my life has been made up to. And so I I grew up in the church. Um, I don't know about how many others of us grew up in the church, but I I was a pastor's kid. Any other pastor's kids out there? Come on, let's go. There's like, wow, there's like seven of us, eight of us. So we know we've all had those rebellious moments. We've all had those moments in school that maybe we've been picked on or all those different things, the joys that come with being a pastor's kid. But for real, I grew up as a pastor's kid and I had an amazing family, an amazing life. And I knew Jesus at a very young age, um, but I didn't, I didn't allow him to fully know me, if that makes sense. I knew Jesus in my head, but I didn't allow him to fully know me. 
And there was so much distance, but I, I mean, I kept doing the right things. I knew how to do the right things. I knew how to live the right life. I knew how to say the right things. I, I could go to church on Sunday and let the old ladies like pinch my cheeks. Like I knew how to do it all. Like I knew how to do it. And I went through it for so long. And honestly, I thought that was it. Like I thought that's like what it was about. And it didn't satisfy me. Like it didn't satisfy me just like going to church on a Wednesday night or going to church on a Sunday morning. Like it just didn't work for me. And it wasn't until I started um, encountering the Holy Spirit, and I didn't even have the language for it. I didn't even know what that meant necessarily. But I just started in these different certain places and times. The Lord would just meet me in such real and tangible ways, but I didn't know what it was. And so I, I would have these moments, but then I'd go back, and I'd be like, what happened? Where did it go? Where's that? Where was that feeling, that fire, that passion, that burden that I had to love Jesus? Where did it go? And it was in one of those moments that God told me and gave me um, this idea and called me into vocational ministry. And at the time, that was the last thing, like on a big list of things, that was the last thing I wanted to do was do what my dad did. Like I loved it. It was great. My dad was awesome. He set an amazing example, but I was like, I don't, I'll do literally anything besides what my dad does because I want to be original. I want to go. But there was a moment that the Lord met me in such a real tangible way. And he said, Jonah, you're going to go and be a sharer to the American church of the good news. And I was like, man, that was such a real moment I had with the Lord. And so I continued. I said, I I had to go back to school in high school to all my friends and tell them all, like, I'm going to go to that weird, small Christian school for college, and I'm going to go study ministry. And none of my friends quite understood. They were like, you're going to do what? I didn't even know they had that in college. I didn't even know, why would you go to that weird school with, like, only a few kids and, like, talk about the Bible? Like, what are you, like, go get something you're going to make money in. Like, what are you doing? And I, that was just such a real moment where the Lord called me into that. that I was like, I got to go. I have to go. And so I decided to go. And I, I want to just share, this was one of the most um, transformative moments in my life was I was at school my freshman year. And I was, I was learning and growing and studying to go share the, the good news of Jesus. And I was getting all excited, but I, but I was missing. I was missing the power. I was missing the love of Jesus. Like, the, I was just missing it. And I knew what to do, but I was just fully missing. I was still living in some sin. Um, I was still, like, struggling in some areas. And I was just missing it. And one night, there was a Bible study that was happening on my floor. There was a Bible study that was happening on my floor. And it was this senior guy um, I knew him kind of well. I was a freshman. He was a senior. He lived on my floor. And I, I just decided, I was like, I'm going to go to his Bible study. And I showed up, and I was the only one that showed up. Um, but this guy, he just like, he took me under his arm, and he prayed for me. And he sat with me. And he said, Jonah, have you ever been prayed over um, to receive the Holy Spirit, the, the power of God, the same Spirit that resurrected Jesus? Have you ever been prayed over for that? And I was like, No. I have no idea what you're even talking about. And he was like, just come with me. And he was this real, like, just this really goofy guy, long black hair and a ponytail. He was like a rock climber. He was like just, his room kind of smelled terrible. Like, that was just who he was. Like, he was just this really interesting guy. And he like, he like gets me down on my knees and he just puts his hand just gently on my head and just begins, he says, Lord, would you just come and fill Jonah? And would this be a moment where Jonah would never leave without knowing that he carries the power of the Holy Spirit inside of him. And 
nothing even crazy. Like in that moment, I didn't, I didn't speak in tongues. In that moment, I, like nothing necessarily crazy happened in that moment. But I walked out of that room and I felt the nearness of God in my heart more than I had ever felt in my life. And I walked outside. It was like 2 in the morning. I was like, I got to go for a walk. I'm like, I'm just like, man. And so I get outside and I start walking. And there's a cemetery right outside of the dorm room, which is kind of weird. But that's a small Christian school thing, maybe. Small town. There's like cornfields, a couple of retirement homes, and a cemetery. Like right in the same place. But I started walking through. And I was looking at the cemetery. And I just was like, I was literally thinking. I was like, man, every single one of these tombstones, God, I believe that you are a God that can bring resurrection. You actually rose from the dead. And then I got kind of scared because I like have heard stories. I was like, okay, I really hope that nothing like actually starts like resurrecting right now. Like I don't mean it like that way right now, God. But like, but like seriously, I was like, God, like I, I believe, I believe because I know, I know, I know that you dwell inside of me. I know that you dwell inside of me, that by your spirit, people who I encounter with your presence and your power and your love, like people that I get to be with can go from death to life. And I actually believe that. I knew that. But I actually believe that in my heart for the first time. And soon after, my best friend Bryce and I, who's actually here, Bryce is just, this dude, we've gotten to do so much together. We've been around the world together. And we had an opportunity to go out into the mountains of Estes Park, Colorado, and spend our summer after freshman year um, there doing ministry in the national park. And it was, it was amazing. Maybe that, that smelly rock climber guy rubbed off on me more than I thought. <laughs> But anyways, go to the mountains, and one night, it was early on in the summer, one night, Bryce and I were sitting on this rock, and this was the night that I believed that the Lord kind of handed a mantle of evangelism to us over our lives, over, over what God was calling us to do. We were sitting on this rock. It was late at night. You could see the stars like no other place I've ever been in my life. We were sitting on this rock, and Bryce just shares this quote that will have forever changed my life, and he, he shares, um, he, he said, Jonah, we, we never know what's waiting on the other side of our obedience. We never know who's waiting on the other side of our obedience. And that just marked me. That marked me. That marked us. That marked our lives. That marked what we've done. And, and since then, like, we've decided that our lives, like, we, we've given our lives. God has given us a call, and we're giving our lives as a living sacrifice to be a voice for the gospel that changed our lives. Like, that's it. The good news of Jesus Christ. Like, that is it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's insane. And it's like, and it's like man, it's, it's the goodness of God, the fact that Jesus, like God, like Bryce said it the other week, and I've never heard it said this way, and it might be weird, it might even be wrong, but I love it. God with skin on, God with skin on, Jesus in the flesh, God with skin on, came to this earth, lived a perfect life that you and I could never live, could never live, lived a perfect life, led himself to the cross, to the cross, died as the perfect sacrifice, and rose again three days later in my place. That was supposed to be my cross. That was supposed to be my cross. I was supposed to be separated. My sin separated me. My, the wages of sin, our death, separated me from God. But he came because he couldn't stand the fact that his creation, the very ones he loves, were, were going to be in a situation where they had to do life without him. And so he came down, and he gave his life so that we may know him. So that we may know him. And that message, that truth of Jesus coming, dying, and raising again, and defeating death is the truth that marked my life, marked what I believe many of us marked our lives, and we're still changing lives to this day. There is no other message that I've heard ever that has still been changing lives from 2,000 years ago. 
Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing that is changing lives like the gospel of Jesus Christ. And guys, this is what we talk about with evangelism. Like this is evangelism. It literally means the bearer of good news, the carrier of good news, the carrier of good news. Is like, this is the good news. The good news is that while we may endure trials of many kind, take heart for we serve a resurrected king that defeated the grave. Like, like it's it. Like we have salvation because of that. Seriously. And that's what changed my life. And God has like, I'm, I'm thankful. Like my, my, what he's called me to is, is, is pretty easy actually. I'm actually, this is, we're moving to the hard part. This is the easy part for me where I just get to share about the gospel for five minutes. And normally I walk off the stage and let him, but like, we're going to move into teaching, but like evangelism, it's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. It's the good news of Jesus Christ that he came and died and rose again for you and me. And so I want to talk about evangelism. And um, I want to talk about in Ephesians 4, um, chapter 4, verse 11. I think we have a slide on that. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. This is what we often call the five-fold ministry. And there is a fancy way to remember it that Bernie taught me a few weeks ago, but I can't remember. It's like something like, the, I, I'm, it's not even worth trying. It, but it was something cool. He's got it down. He'll talk to Bernie after if you're like wanting to know the little thing to remember it all. But these five, these five are the different places that God, it says Christ himself, Christ himself has given these gifts, the gifts that he carried. When he left, when he left, he says, it's actually better that I leave my Holy Spirit. It's better that I leave my Holy Spirit. And you will do even greater, it's literally insane. John 14, it says, you will do even greater works than I did, is what Jesus says. And it's not us, he's not saying us, it's, it's him saying that when he came, died, and tore the veil, that his Holy Spirit was going to be able to dwell in us, and he was going to be able to do even greater works than I, is what Jesus said. Insane. And so there's this gift, there's this, what's, what's really interesting about the gift of evangelism, it's a spiritual gift mentioned here in Ephesians. What's really interesting is it's a gift, but it's not a gift that if we don't think we have it or we don't feel like we have it, it's not a gift that we get to like cop out on. We're not, we're not allowed to say, oh well, ah, that, that guy who does all those things in, in Africa, he, he's an evangelist and I, I'm not. I, I, he, he'll do it, I won't do it. Or, or man, that, those young guys that go in that van and they go across the country, like th- those guys, like they have the gift of evangelism. I don't have the gift of evangelism, so I don't need to. Now, now, there's a reality that some people, by the grace of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, have been given a portion or a favor of evangelism over their lives to go as an appointed one to be a bearer of good news. That is truth. But I want to make things so clear is that we are all evangelists. Literally every single person in this room, we've been given a call. A call has gone out that we are the ones to go and make followers, disciples of Jesus of all nations. That we are the ones to go and preach the good news unto all creation. Unto all creation. And so I want to just jump in. Matthew 28. If you can throw that up on the slide. Matthew 28. Yeah. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you even to the very ends of the age. Mark 16, um, verse 15, we'll put that up there too. He said to them, go unto all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Go unto all the world and preach the gospel. The gospel is the good news. That's the evangelist message that we all carry. The good news that Jesus Christ has saved our soul. That our life doesn't end here on this earth. That he's paved a way for eternity. And so if you don't feel, if you don't feel like you have a gift in this area, that's okay. That's okay. But, but I, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. Or maybe it's, it's good news still. But, but that doesn't matter if you don't feel gifted in this area. Because there's people in your life, there's people around you that, that any evangelist, name anyone you want, would never be able to reach. But God has allowed you, has allowed you, has allowed you to be an influence in their life. Has allowed you to go and be a bearer of the good news of Jesus Christ to them. And if you don't do it, there's not a promise that someone else will. Like he's given us all this call to go and preach the good news to all creation. And so I just want to share, like, I, I want to encourage you really quick, too. This is kind of a joke, kind of not. But he said to them, go unto all creation and preach, or go unto all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Like, guys, we, we have the ability to go and to share the best news ever. And I love this part. It says to all creation. This is like, if you don't feel comfortable giving the gospel to people yet, go, go preach the gospel to a tree. It's a really bad joke. I'm so sorry. I had to go there. But no, seriously, like, like, guys, like, we have this good news that is so worth carrying out. And, like, all creation needs to know. There's a, there's a verse in, in Ecclesiastes. It's, it's stuck with me my whole life. And it's the fact it says that humanity, that people, humankind was created with eternity placed in their hearts. That's crazy. That is crazy that every single one of us, were, when we were created, we were created with eternity placed in our hearts. Eternity placed in our hearts. And I promise you, the only thing that can satisfy an eternal heart is an eternal God. That is it. That is the only thing that can satisfy an eternal heart. And so I just want to share, keep going here, um, that, that even though you don't maybe feel like this call over your life for evangelism, that maybe you're like, man, I hear what you're saying, Jonah. I hear, I hear that I'm supposed to go out. I hear that this is a gift. But I want, I want to just encourage you with this, is that, is that it's not you that carries the message. It's the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. It's the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, I'm kind of bouncing around here on my slides, but Acts chapter 1, yes, it says, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and into the ends of the earth. And so what I want to, it's like, it's the best news because, because the Holy Spirit is the one that comes in and fills us and allows us to be a witness. It's nothing that we could do on the first place. It's nothing that we could do in the first place. First, first Corinthians chapter 2 Verses 4 and 5. This is Paul speaking. If you know Paul, this dude is a wild man. Paul wrote 13 of the books of the New Testament. Paul is a wild man for Jesus. He was, he was Saul, and he persecuted Christians. And he literally was the one that killed many, many, many believers. And even in, 
in Acts, the stoning of Stephen, um, which was one of the disciples, one of the apostles, like Paul was, or Saul at the time was there in person. But God met him, changed his life, and sent Paul, sent Paul out to go be a bearer of this good news. And he says this in verses 4 and 5 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Wow. I had a moment one time where um, I had a friend reach out to me, um, and one of his cousins wasn't doing so great. Um, was just struggling, all sorts of addictions with substances, um, going around living a sexually immoral life, and was just really in a, in a bad spot, really dark spot in many ways, was exploring all these different things. And um, I, I basically, this was a few years ago, um, got reached out to and was like, hey, like, he said he'd be willing to meet with you. Would you meet with him? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, and so we met up at Applebee's, which, again, if you're from a small town, Applebee's is about all you got in small towns. So we met in Applebee's. Applebee's and McDonald's, that's it. That's like, those are like the luxuries, man. Those are, lived in those things, still do. But was at an Applebee's. And I was sitting down with this guy, and we were just walking through the gospel. And I was like, man, you don't have to live in bondage to all this. You don't have to, like, find, you don't have to, like, smoke weed to, like, find satisfaction. You don't have to do this. And I was like, I was using all, everything I had in my own human strength to convince him. And he was so close. He was so close to being convinced into the gospel. And he, he decided he wasn't ready to make that decision. I was like, that's okay. And I was like, I loved him, loved on him. I prayed for him. And, and I went back and I went to one of my mentors. And I was like, man, I was so close to convincing him. Like he was literally that close, but he didn't make a decision. And, and my mentor said, good. And I was like, good. He's like, wait, what do you mean that's good? And he's like, he's like, I, he's like I'm just saying that because it seems like you were doing a lot of the convincing. And you weren't allowing God to do his work. And I was like, whoa, whoa. And he was like, you could have convinced him. He's like, I, he's like, I've been doing this a long time. He's like, honestly, if you tell someone that they can have new life, that they can live forever with Jesus in paradise, you can convince a lot of people. And that's not even necessarily a bad thing. Like, let the Lord do, but like, you can convince people. But when you leave, who are they going to rely on? They're going to look to you. He's like, people need an encounter with God. Only Jesus Christ can transform lives. And I had to repent that day. I had to repent that day, and I had to say, God, I'm like, I am sorry that I thought for a second that I could save somebody's life. I repent that I thought that my, that my lofty words, that my wise and persuasive words, I'm sorry, God, that I thought for a single second that I could do something like that, that I could transform a life for eternity. And he said, and he forgave me, of course, because that's who he is, and he said, that's okay, but that is why I'm in you. That is why I dwell with you. And so that you don't have to rely on your own wise and persuasive words. So that you can rely on the power of my Holy Spirit. That I have allowed, that I have torn that veil. And I have created you as my temple. That's what he says. He created us as his temple. So that he can dwell with us. And be inside of us. And so I want to look at um, Acts chapter 8. There's this guy named Philip. And Philip is one of the, he actually is the only one in the New Testament that is accredited with the title of evangelist. Philip the evangelist, he's the only one that, that gets that title. And I just want to start in, in chapter 8, verse 1. 
It says a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen. We were talking about Stephen in the morning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. So this is Saul. This is the Paul that we were just reading, that he was just sharing truth with, was at one point dragging people, believers, out of their homes. And so everyone, all the believers are scattered. They're like, man, we can't stay in Jerusalem. Like we, they're freaking out. They're going all sorts of places. And it says, but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went into the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened to him intently, um, intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. There was great joy in that city. And guys, the truth is that, that the same Holy Spirit that resurrected Jesus from the grave is the same Holy Spirit that is transforming lives today if we would let him. If we would say that I am ready, I am okay, I am, I am counting the cost to be a witness, to be a witness. I, I'm okay with being scattered. I'm okay with going and preaching. And guys, many times the gift of evangelism will we'll also come with many signs and wonders that point to the glory of God, that point to the realities of Jesus, that point to the realities of Jesus. Jesus, many times, he mentions this in, he mentions this in John 2, 11, where Jesus um, does the miracle of turning the water into wine. And he says, so that many, so that they would know the glory of God, is what they say. Is what, he does that miracle. And then in John 20, 30 um, and 31, he talks about it again, that many of these miraculous signs were written down so that it would point to the reality that Jesus was the Messiah. And guys, the same power has been given to us. The same power has been given to us to go and be a witness, to bear witness that we can see like blind eyes open. We can see hearts healed Hearts healed so that people may know that Jesus Christ is the risen living God who loves them and that the, and that the message of Jesus is true. And so we see that evangelism can come in a way of like big gatherings where many signs and wonders happen. But I want to keep going because later on in Acts 8, that same chapter with Philip, Philip has another beautiful example of also what evangelism looks like for us today. It says, as for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down a desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met a treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandike, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, but he was now returning, seated in his carriage, and he was reading aloud a book from the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? The, re the man replied, how can I understand unless someone instructs me? Then he urged Philip to come onto the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he'd been reading was this. It says that he was like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me what the prophet was talking about. Was he talking about himself or someone else? 
So the beginning of that same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop, and then they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Kind of a crazy situation, right? This this Philip guy hears from the Lord and says, Go this way. And what does Philip do? He says, Yes, and he just goes, and he sees this man of great importance riding on this carriage, reading aloud the prophetic words from Isaiah talking about Jesus Christ. And something that I want to say, too, about evangelism, before any single one of us can go and pursue someone, I'm telling you, Jesus is already pursuing them. Jesus has already been pursuing them. And just like I believe that it is like no accident that that eunuch, that man of great importance, was reading about Jesus and and that, that God had, an angel of the Lord, had come to Philip and said, hey, go this way, I'm preparing a heart for you. He's doing the same thing today. He's doing the same thing today. And we have to have ears that are open to him as, as, he is, as he is asking us to go and bear witness. And what does it say? It literally simply says, all Philip really did is he just shared the good news. It literally says he shared the good news. He shared about Jesus. He brought understanding. He brought understanding. And so I just want a few, a few beautiful examples of this that I just want to share from my own life because this is happening today. It is happening daily. And God is inviting every single one of us to step into this gift of evangelism. And I, I know it's, it's a spiritual gift and some will have more favor and faith in this gift than others. And that's okay because I promise others have more gifts. That's how it goes. Like we all have many different gifts, many different gifts, but it's all the same spirit. And so we can celebrate when someone is seeing many lives changed and you're like, man, I'm telling everyone when I know about Jesus, but no lives are changed. That's okay. That's okay. Because it's not about the fruit. It's about the faithfulness. It's not about the fruit. It's about the faithfulness. And God has given us the command, go, go and make disciples. Go and preach the good news unto all creation. And, and that's it. That's okay. Go and do out of obedience because we're not living for a gift. We're not living for a title. We're not living for a testimony. We're not even living to see fruit. We're not even living to see lives saved. We're living to be obedient. And the byproduct is all on God, not on us. The byproduct is on God. So I want that to be so, so clear. But there was a moment in, in college when we were going to the store and we were like, man, we want to go with a purpose. Like, we don't want to just go and like walk around and shop. Like, that's fine. Like, but I, I, we just really felt like there was someone that, that, that needed to encounter Jesus there at the store. We were like, there's got to be like someone there that just needs Jesus. Like, we need Jesus. And we go and we're kind of walking around. And I see this guy, and I just feel this guy gets so highlighted. And that's just a fancy word that like he just sticks out. He's like, ah, there's just something about this guy. And we go over to him, and I start asking him if there's anything I can pray for him with him about. And he says he just, like, cut his hand at work, and his hand was all, like, bleeding. It was pretty nasty. And I was like, wow, let's, let's like, can we just pray? And we prayed for him, and, um, and that was it. And I walked away. And later, like 10 minutes later, I was in the chip aisle, and he comes running back. And he's like, dude, why did you do that? Why did you pray? And I was like, it's, it's, it was Jesus that desires to know you and desires to love you. And I believe that he's given you an opportunity right now to know him. Do you know Jesus? He was like, no. Who is this guy? Like, literally, he lived in America, in Michigan. He was like, I, I don't really know, like, who is Jesus? Like, my, my mother-in-law says she's praying for me all the time, but who is Jesus? What has he done? And just like that eunuch moment, we, we got to walk him through and we got to tell him the good news about Jesus. And that day, that man in the chip aisle at Meyer gave his life to Jesus, which is amazing. It's amazing. And like, 
It wasn't anything. All it was is just saying, hey, God, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I'm open to what you want to do. And a life is changed forever. A life is changed for eternity. And I have not heard from that guy since. I got his number, and I tried to reach out several times. I never heard from him. I don't know what happened. I have no idea where he's at. But I know that he made a decision to follow Jesus and that he gave his life fully and completely over to God. And that is an eternity that has been shifted. That is an eternity that has been shifted. Another crazy story was we were in Clarkston. Clarkston, um, uh, Georgia. Clarkston, Georgia. It's, it's just outside of Atlanta. And it's the most diverse square mile in all of America. And there are refugees from pretty much any country you can name and many countries that I couldn't name. And there was all these different people. And there was this one little boy from Nepal. And he had this like little idol around his neck. Um, he was Hindu. And he was just running around. We were doing this soccer camp with him. And we just kept loving these kids, loving these kids, loving these kids. And one day he finally comes up to me and he says, can you tell me, like, who is this Jesus guy? My family doesn't talk about him. Who is this Jesus guy? And I remember sitting down with him and explaining Jesus. And he was like, man, my, my gods don't do that. My gods don't give their life for others. My God, like, it was truly good news to him. He was truly, this little boy, he was like 11 years old. He was like, I, I've never heard of such a thing. He had this weird, like, shark tooth thing around his neck. And, like, he was like, my gods don't do that. And I was like, well, do you want an opportunity to give your life to Jesus right now? He was like, yeah. So right there in that park, we prayed. And he gave his life to Jesus. And his life was forever changed. And these are just stories. The reason I share these is because they're nothing, like, there was nothing necessarily significant about anything I did other than just share the very thing that Jesus did for me. The fact that he changed my life. And guys, the same God that changed your life and is in work of changing your life is the same God that is pursuing people right now and preparing hearts for you to go and plant and water seeds as he grows them. As he grows them. As he grows them. And so the best part about evangelism too is that you don't need to add or take away from anything in the gospel. I like to think of like, the gospel's, a, the, the gospel's a big guy. He can take care of himself. Like for real, like the gospel can take care of himself. Like he doesn't need, he doesn't need me. Like the gospel doesn't need me to like add some things or like change it up a little bit or take a few of the things away that like, that doesn't work. One of the craziest testimonies of just the power of the gospel was Bryce, we were in Salem, Oregon. We were in Salem, Oregon, and Bryce was talking with a pastor from Kansas City. And this pastor had had some bad experiences, I guess, with some people coming in. So the pastor was like, I trust you, like, Bryce, but would you just share, like, what, what you believe about Jesus? So Bryce is in the, the, the hallway of a hotel. He's on the phone, and he's just walking back and forth, explaining just what he believes about Jesus to this pastor who already believes in God, who already believes in Jesus, but just kind of making sure everything aligns and everyone's on the same page. And he's talking, and in the middle of all he's talking, a man opens the door in the hallway with tears in his eyes. And he says, can you come here? And Bryce is like on the phone, and he's like, oh, yeah, like give, give me a minute. And finishes up the conversation, and Bryce goes in with this guy and begins talking to him. And, and a little bit later, it's clear that this guy is just into some dark stuff. He's in a really dark place. Bryce comes in and grabs me. Um, I was in the room, and he comes, and we go into this guy's room, and we just begin sharing about Jesus. And he was, this guy was explaining that the best way that he explained it, and the easiest way that I could explain where he was, is he said that he felt like he had, like, if his brain, if his, like, life was like 100 horses, he said he feels like 99 of them 
are controlled by something so dark and he feels like he only has one left and he's about to lose it and he's scared that if he loses it, he'll just, he'll die. Like, he's like, I, I literally am so scared. Like, everything, there's like, he's like, I'm, everything that I like can think or do is like being controlled by something other than God. And that day we just began praying over him. And as we were praying over him, literally he began to like throw up the, these like demonic oppressions that were on his life that were controlling his thoughts and his heart. And he threw up and manifested and got rid of all this stuff. And he gave his life to Jesus and he got baptized. And this dude's life is completely changed, completely changed. And his life is completely changed because of Bryce walking down a hallway in a hotel room. Guys, this is the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel, which is insane. The gospel that saves lives. This guy that was once full of demons is free, and he's living for Jesus, and he loves Jesus, and he's telling his family about Jesus. And so, guys, the, the whole point of evangelism is, is faithfulness, not fruit. I just really want to hit on that. And I want to share Romans 10, verse 13 through 15. You can throw that up on the slide. I've been saying a lot of verses that aren't on the slides. But I think that one might be on there. Maybe it's not. It says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? It is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. I just want to, I just want to hear, I just want to like set you guys all free, set us all free. How beautiful the one that brings the good news, not how beautiful are the feet of those who convert people to Jesus. I want you to know the difference. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news, not who see a lot of people come to know Jesus. That's great. That's what we want. That's what we're praying for. That's amazing. But that is not what God is asking us to do. That is, that is on him. It is our job to be the ones with the feet that go and bring the good news. That is our job. That is the gift of evangelism. That is a gift of evangelism. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, um, 5 through Five through nine says, who, who after all is Apollos and who is Paul? So this church in Corinth has been kind of saying, well, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos. And he's like, who, who are we? Only servants whom you have come to believe. As the Lord has assigned us to this task. Paul saying, I planted the seed, but Apollos watered it. But God made it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. Man, guys, we, we get to co-labor with God in this, to see lives change, but we can't take any credit for the fruit that has grown. We get to plant seeds. We get to water seeds. A beautiful story of this is I was in Fort Wayne, Indiana, not super, super far from here. And we, we got to do this gathering in downtown. And there was this girl that came where her best friends had been praying for her for years that she would come to know Jesus. Years. And they, we got to kind of know some of them. And she came and they were so excited. And they told us, they were like, guys, like, she's here. Like, this girl, we've been praying for her for years. And that night, we had the opportunity to share the gospel. And that girl was one of the many that gave their life to Jesus that night. That girl was one of the many, which was insane. It was amazing. But how could I take credit? Because there had been her friends who had been praying for her for years. Literally years. Years. And it's like, man, can we, we all have a role to play. But it's a role of faithfulness and a role of obedience. 
a role of faithfulness and a role of obedience. And so I just want to close with this. Just these four things. The first one, these are the foundations of evangelism, and I'm going a little long, and I just want to end with this. The foundations of evangelism is first, we got to know Jesus. First, we got to know Jesus. Before anything else, knowing Jesus is like the number one. Knowing Jesus is what, is what we were made for. That we weren't made for anything but living into a relationship with Jesus. We need to see him rightly before we can share him rightly. We don't need to know everything about him, but we need to know him as Lord and Savior over our lives. We need to find our identity in him because we can't share the good news as workers. It's not necessarily how it works. I know we're called to be workers, but we're not like his employees. We're not like God's employees. We're God's sons and daughters. And we can only know our identity as a son and daughter from knowing him. That's it. The second thing is this. We need to operate out of the overflow of the Holy Spirit. We need to operate out of the overflow of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 again says that you will receive power when my Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We need the Holy Spirit to look like Jesus and to represent him rightly. Because we can't do it on our own. It's not, we can't possibly in our finite imperfection represent a holy and perfect God. But God said, that's okay because I have a plan. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. He's going to dwell in you. And you are going to be able to represent me by my Spirit. He will give you the power to be my witness. The third thing is this. And this goes to what I said earlier. The very, one of the very first things that we talked about is we need to be broken for the lost. We need to be broken for the lost. We need to have compassion. Evangelism is a beautiful blend between the love for Jesus and the love for others coming together in action. If I had to give a definition, my own definition of evangelism, it's the love of God and the love of others coming together in action is what evangelism is. That is the gift that we have been given to go out. Jesus says the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to therefore send out workers into his harvest field. I can only imagine Jesus as he was going around was burning and when saying, man, it's not enough that me, just one person, I'm limited by my own human like being. I'm limited as a human right now. I can't bring, we need, we need to pray for hundreds and thousands and millions and billions of people who will go and represent me rightly to the world. And the last number four, is we need to have a desire to be obedient above all else. We need to have a desire to be obedient. We need to have a desire to be obedient. And this looks like when Jesus said, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Guys, we all, whether you have a gift or a mantle, maybe a a different level, a portion of evangelism than someone else or not, it doesn't necessarily matter. Whether you're young or old, we have all been given a call to go out and to make disciples. And so I'm going to invite David, if David's in the room, to just come up and um, get on the keys. And we want to do a time of, of application, a time where we can, where we can just go, go after responding. Because I seriously mean, if, if, we, if we leave this room the same way that we walked in, we, we miss something. Because God is here, and I believe that he has something over every single one of our lives. Maybe it's a neighbor that he's sending us to. Maybe it's a family member or a friend. Maybe it's a nation that God is putting on your heart. And so I just want to close with this. Tonight, you might be ready to do four different things in response to these. The first is you might be ready to know Jesus. 
Maybe you're hearing about this tonight and you're like, I don't know Jesus. Maybe you stumbled upon this online and you're like, I don't know God like this. Well, let me tell you, the good news is you can come to know him right now in this place. If tonight you're ready to know Jesus, we're gonna give time for a response. But number two is maybe you're ready to be prayed over for the, for the filling of the Holy Spirit so that you can have power to go and be a witness. Maybe you've been doing it on your own strength and you're exhausted and it's not working and that's a, that doesn't work. I, I've been there. I was there. It doesn't work. We can't rely on our own strength. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're ready to receive prayer for a filling of the Holy Spirit. Third, maybe you need to be, maybe you need to take a step in letting your heart be broken for the lost. Maybe your heart's grown a little numb and been, maybe you're a little okay with the fact that people, that people don't know Jesus. Maybe you've just come, that's, that's normal. Guys, let me tell you, that is not normal. That's not okay. And we don't have to be okay with that. We can be broken for those who are outside of a relationship with Jesus. And lastly, number four, maybe as God has called you to do something or go somewhere. And maybe you've been running from that for a little bit. Or maybe you're struggling to fully give your yes over to that. I have no idea what it is. But guys, I'm, I'm just gonna pray. I'm going to read these four things again. And if any one of these four things, God is putting it on your heart, and he's saying, yes, that is you. He's speaking to you, and he's saying, that is for you. I would love you to just come up in boldness and just come to the front. And, and we're going to just, like, take time to pray with you. And, and if that's not you, um, I think we're over on time a little bit. And so if that's not you, and you need to go, and you need to go pick up your kids, that's totally fine. That is totally fine. We're gonna do that in just a minute as I pray. If you need to leave and you're not feeling like you need to come forward, that's okay. That's okay. You can leave and get your kids and head out. But those who are, who are feeling a call, these four things, maybe tonight you're ready to know Jesus. Number two, maybe you're ready to go deeper with the Holy Spirit. Number three, maybe you need prayer for your heart to break for the lost and the broken around you. And last, maybe God is calling you to something and he's calling you and he's asking you to go and you need prayer for boldness to go, I would love you to just come forward right now and I'm just gonna pray and then we're gonna take time to pray in the front and anyone who needs to leave can go. So God, I just thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, God, I just pray that, that you help us understand that we, we never know who's waiting on the other side of our obedience. God, that there's whole nations that could be changed by just us saying yes. That is the essence of evangelism. The essence of evangelism is just saying yes to the good news. Saying yes to the good news of Jesus that changed my life. That changed my life is just saying yes, I will go and bear witness. And so Holy Spirit, God, I just pray that tonight you just empower us. You fill us. You change us. You redirect us. God, give us a deeper love for you and a deeper love for others. Holy Spirit, just come and do what only you can do in this place. Jesus, we love you. God, my whole life is just a testimony of a bunch of other people saying yes to you. The reason I'm here today, the reason you took me out to Colorado, the reason you brought me to this place in this day is just a bunch of other people saying yes to you. That is my testimony. That is my story. And so God, I just thank you that you're doing something so special in this place. God, and I thank you that there's no age limit, whether young or old, to being used by you. So God, I just thank you. We love you, Jesus.
And we pray that you go and use us. God, we pray that thousands from this room, from this very room, that thousands would know you because of the the moment that we had where your Holy Spirit, it was all you, Jesus, came and met us and sent us with your love and with your power. We love you, God. We're thankful for today. We're thankful for the gift of evangelism that you've given to all of us. All of us. All of us have been given a portion of, of going to share the good news. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you that your message is the only message that can last 2,000 years and still be changing lives. It's going to last through eternity, God. I'm never going to graduate from celebrating what you've done for me. We love you, God. We pray this in your name. Amen.